0: Maggie McGee lives at the tippy-tippy top of Tall Mountain. Every morning she gets up with the birds and rides her bike the long way down to school. She coasts quietly past the fox den, pedals over the bumpy stone bridge, and veers around the strawberry patch to the place where she keeps her ideas. As the only writer for the school newspaper Triceratops Times, Maggie keeps her eye on everything that goes on around her. In the Idea Shack, she has piles of notebooks filled with interviews and observations that might someday come in handy. And for writer's block, a secret stash of hard candy. (sighs) Pinned to the walls are her recent clips, a profile about Mr. Gus, rock star turned school principal, a scientific exploration of the dung beetle colony near the playground and an investigative piece about what exactly that gooey cafeteria sandwich is made of to her surprise maggie found out it's made up of ground beets maggie works hard to research her stories and write them without fudging the truth sometimes she has to skip birthdays and sleepovers to get a scoop Like when the soccer team discovered dinosaur footprints by the field after evening practice. Maggie had to leave her friends at the ice skating rink and put on her lucky reporting scarf in search of facts. She raced to the field and photographed the prints, then found a paleontologist to verify the discovery. It was a triceratops after that. The school voted to make the three-horned dinosaur their mascot, and Maggie renamed the newspaper in its honor. On Fridays, Triceratops Times is published. Maggie is always proud to see her stories in print after working so hard to get them right. It's a lot of work, learning new subjects, talking to people, writing well, and fact-checking every little thing. Back at the idea shack on her way to school, Maggie sits down at her desk and pulls a shiny string dangling from the ceiling. Suddenly, there's a whoosh, and her hair blows back from a gust of wind. She is instantly bombarded with a flurry of bubbles. They grow one by one out of a small portal in the ceiling and fill the room with shivering orbs. Some floating around, some dropping quickly, and some lingering nearby, as if begging for attention. One wobbles down in front of Maggie's hand, and she pokes it with her pen. The bubbles burst to reveal an image of the school archery club setting off for a competition with Long Valley Creek, their rival school. She notices another bubble grow bigger and bigger before bursting in front of her nose. Squinting her eyes, she sees a boy perform an astounding dance routine at the bus stop. Many more bubbles speedily drop to the floor and fizzle away before she can see what's inside them. After getting a good glimpse into what's happening around town, Maggie lets go of the string and shoop, the bubbles stop. She makes a note to interview the archery club captain and tacks it to the wall. Before leaving her idea shack, Maggie rummages through some papers to grab a report about broken toilets in the girls' bathroom. Sometimes very important stories aren't very exciting. And she jumps back on her bike for school. Maggie likes to ride fast, her scarf fluttering with her blonde ponytail like a flag in the wind. She pops out of the forest right past the bus line and glides to the bike rack with style. She arrives just in time to watch the kids head into the entryway where her freshly printed newspapers are stacked. Hiding behind the tulip garden with her eye on the pile, Maggie waits to see who will pick one up. One after another, the kids look at the papers and keep walking until finally someone runs up to the stack. Maggie jumps with joy, accidentally stumbling on some of the flowers. Ted, the landscaper, gives her a mean look, and she quickly gets up. Sorry, she yells to him across the garden with her cheeks turning as red as the tulips. When she looks back at the stack of papers, she sees a boy who grabbed one, fold the front page into a paper airplane and launch it to his friend. Maggie is disappointed. So much important news and no one seems to care. That afternoon, Nana shows up for a visit. To raise Maggie's spirits, Nana asks to get a tour of her idea shack. They hike down the hill, past the fox den, over the bumpy bridge, and through the strawberry patch for a fresh snack. At the shack, Maggie shows Nana around the room. She points out her favorite stories hung on the wall. Her hardest one scoops. Even her most embarrassing mistakes made it into the tour like the one where she jumped the gun and named the wrong person as their new student president it took her a while to write the apology for that one then nana notices a photo of maggie and her friends in front of the school garden i'm sure all of those flowers are beautiful says nana but i'm colorblind i just see a field of gray i never could enjoy it when i was a student Maggie looked at Nana confused. She never knew that some people weren't able to see certain colors. What a boring garden this must have been for Nana to walk past every day when she was a student. Then Maggie had another thought. I wonder if there are kids that go to school here now who can't enjoy these flowers. What do they think of this garden? That question keeps her up all night. In the morning, she springs out of bed jumps on her bike and rides down to the idea shack to make a plan. She would need to understand how color vision works, how many students are affected, and how the school supports them. Who could she talk to? Hmm. Looking through stacks of notes, she finally finds the one she's looking for, a list of all the school clubs. Running her finger down the list, she sees the comic book club, the Latin club, the space club, and so many more. Finally, she decides on the one that might help her, Color Club. She finds the club leader, Pablo, and asks if he can help her learn what it would be like to see the school as a colorblind student, like Nana. The artists in the Color Club that day worked on painting pictures from all over the school with colors switched from red to gray. Maggie is shocked when she sees the images. She goes to Mr. Gus, the principal, and asks if he knows what the garden looks like to colorblind students. Colorblind, he said. Never thought about it. Maggie talks to Chad, the school nurse, Zora, the landscaper, Freud, the counselor, and even Michelle, the student president, to ask about how the school helps kids who can't see red. None of them know. She takes notes about what they say so she can put their words in her story. Finally, in the cafeteria, She goes to each table asking students if they can see the color red, showing them paintings from the color club. To her surprise, she discovers that half of the kids she meets are colorblind. That means that all of those kids, just like Nana, see boring gray tulips every day on their way into school. This is worthy of a front page, she said to herself. Everyone needs to know. All of this reporting done, Maggie pedals furiously to her idea shack to write up the story. Then she works hard to fix all the words she spelled wrong, triple-checking everything to get it just right. Friday came around again and the stacks of papers were in place, with her big story on the front page. In bold letters it said, Half of students can't see red, welcomed by Gray Garden. Below that headline was one of the paintings from Color Club showing what the garden looks like to a colorblind person. As usual, Maggie stood by to watch the stack. And finally, someone picked up a copy. Maggie jumped for joy, carefully this time. The girl who read it told her friends. By the end of the day, all the papers were gone and everyone was talking about the story. The color club posted a flyer for a special meeting and the room was packed. Even Ted the gardener was there to see how he could help. After lots of hard work and planning, the special meeting ended and everyone left excited. The next week, Maggie got to write her favorite story yet. This time the bold letters said, students help plan new colorblind friendly garden. Maggie's hard work made everyone see how the news can help people come together to change things for the better. From then on, all the kids at school could enjoy the beautiful flowers, and Nana too.